Chapter Six, Part Two of the English Language by Logan Pearsall Smith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Language and History: The Earliest Period, Part Two. The discovery of the metals is rightly regarded as a great turning point in the history of culture. Nothing has a greater influence on the development of civilization than the use of metals and metallic instruments. The archaeologists divide the different stages of prehistoric culture according to the presence or absence of copper, bronze and iron. The primitive Aryans possessed, as we have seen, but one term for metals which they used to designate copper, the only metal that they knew. But the Teutonic tribes, before our Anglo-Saxon ancestors separated from them, had acquired words for gold and silver, lead, tin, iron and steel. And the sinister and magical character of blacksmiths in old German legends is a proof of the wonder with which the new art of forging was regarded. Other words that show a great advance in civilization are leech, a healer, and law, L-O-R-E, and also book and write words which have acquired new meanings in the course of time but which date from this teutonic period when as we know from other sources the rudiments of the art of writing have been acquired book which is thought to be derived from beech b double e c h originally signified a writing tablet probably of wood and write which is related to the german word reisen to tear meant to cut letters in bark or wood if we examine the commonly accepted etymologies of others of these teutonic words we can get some little glimpses into the ways of our far-off teutonic ancestors we note first of all a group of words that seem to have grown out of the experience of those wanderings which were so important a part of primitive life fear f-e-a-r for instance is believed to be derived from the same Aryan root as fair, F-A-R-E, and could therefore suggest the dangers of travel in the early forests. Learn has been traced to an early root meaning to follow a track, and weary to a verb meaning to tramp over wet grounds and moors. There are other words that take us back to bygone ways of life. Our verb to earn, for instance, is derived from an old word meaning field labour and is cognate with the german ernte harvest gain although it has come to us from french is descended from a teutonic verb meaning to graze to pasture and also to forage to hunt or fish free comes from an aryan root meaning deer d-e-a-r whence also our word friend and meant in old Teutonic times those who are dear to the head of the household, that is, connected with him by ties of kinship, but not slaves or in bondage. Our important religious word, bless, carries us far back into the pagan and prehistoric past. Bless is derived from blood, and its original meaning, which was to mark or consecrate with blood, is evidence of the ritual use of blood which is so common among primitive peoples. Our word mirth has been given a curiously psychological derivation, for it is traced with its related adjective merry, 
to a word meaning short and is supposed to designate that which shortens time or cheers we must however in all these old words especially those describing thoughts and feelings beware of the anachronism of reading into them their modern meanings thus fear had the objective sense of a sudden or terrible event till after the norman conquest the early meaning of mirth was enjoyment happiness and could be used in old english of religious joy while merry meant no more than agreeable pleasing heaven and jerusalem were described by old poets as merry places and the word had originally no more than this signification in the phrase merry england into which we read a more modern interpretation the progress of civilization has been well compared to the course of a river having many sources some undiscovered and for historians of culture those points at which a broad tributary joins the main stream have of course an especial interest we have now traced our ancestors from their original and unknown home to the coasts and forests of germany where at the period at which we now arrive they were still savages in spite of their notable advances in the arts of life and still dwelt in rude huts or underground excavations or migrated as of old on their ox-carts they had doubtless borrowed from neighbouring tribes many of their new arts and learnt from them the use of new products there are scholars who hold that the knowledge of iron came with its name from some celtic race and that the word silver was derived from salub a town on the black sea mentioned in the iliad as the original home of silver the words rat and ape are also believed to be very early borrowings but their sources have not been discovered and it is difficult or impossible to trace in the dark night of prehistoric time the influences the contacts with neighbouring peoples from which these new products and the names of these new animals were derived but we are now approaching one of the great meeting places of history when our ancestors were about to come in contact with races and fall under the spell of influences which were to transform their life in a marvellous manner and to create out of ignorance and savagery our modern world of culture when the primitive european group of the aryans was broken up and our teutonic ancestors lost themselves for hundreds or thousands of years in the deep forests of germany their related tribes from whom the greeks and romans were descended made their way more or less directly to the mediterranean and on these propitious shores the birthplace of modern thought and life they came in contact with the ancient civilization of egypt and the east they learnt the arts of building in stone of mining and navigation they took from the east the beginnings of art of writing of mathematics and built up the wonderful edifice of a classical civilization which first led by greece and then by rome settled the main elements and outlines of human culture the light shines very clearly on this page of ancient history when the highest forms of thought and life were developed in the great centres of athens and rome 
and spread their luminous influence over wider and wider areas. The darkness in which on the other side of the Alps our ancestors were involved seems pitchy black by comparison, and it would be beyond our task to describe how little by little that darkness was partially dispelled. All we can do is to trace by certain words early borrowed by the northern barbarians from the polished nations of the south some gleams of light that penetrated northward in this early period before the tribes of the angles and saxons invaded england these gleams are faint and uncertain and there is considerable doubt about many of our earliest borrowings taking them however for what they are we may gain a little hypothetical knowledge at least concerning this early period to try, moreover, to arrange the words chronologically is also highly precarious, as there is always the possibility that a word which appears in several cognate languages did not belong to the original stock before their separation, but has spread from one to the other of the tribes since that date. Following, however, the opinion of the best authorities, we may take the word Caesar, the title of the Roman Emperor is probably the earliest Latin word adopted into the Teutonic speech. This word, however, in the form in which they borrowed it, has become obsolete in English and has come to us again from Latin. Other early terms which show some contact with the forces of Rome are of a military character. Pile and camp and drake an old word for dragon, which was borrowed probably to describe the dragon banners of the Roman cohorts. Drake still lives in the compound fire drake. Pile has since lost its original meaning of a heavy javelin, such as the Roman soldiers carried, and camp no longer signifies for us battle or field of battle, and indeed only survives in the name of camp ball or in the dialect phrase of provincial athletics to camp the bar our modern camp being a much later borrowing from the french street from strata via a paved way and mile and wall and toll are also believed to be early borrowings showing that our ancestors were familiar with the roads fortified camps and regulations of the roman empire Perhaps even earlier than these are cat, mule and ass, and a group of words which remain as a testimony of the visits of wandering traders from the south, chest and ark, A-R-K, which meant originally a box or chest, pound as a measure of weight, inch and seam, S-E-A-M, an old word for the load of a pack-horse, which still survives in various technical uses. Munger in ironmonger or fishmonger comes to us from a borrowing of mango, M-A-N-G-O, a Latin name for a trader. Copper was perhaps taken from his copper coins, and the word mint, which kept the meaning of money till the 16th century, was also borrowed, being derived, like the later money, from the name of the goddess Moneta, in whose temple at Rome money was coined. Among the names for the foreign products brought by these early traders we find wine and an old word, ele, E-L-E, -E, for oil. Pepper 
is an early borrowing, it has been traced back to India, and it is among the first of those ancient, far-travelled words that have come into the English from remote sources in the Orient, words like the later ginger, silk and orange, redolent of deserts and caravans, far mountains and eastern seas. These early words give us a dim picture of Roman traders travelling with their mules and asses along the paved roads of the German provinces, their chests and boxes and wine sacks and their profitable bargains with our primitive ancestors. Civilization begins, however, not so much by the importation of foreign products, which can be found in the most savage communities, as by the imitation of foreign arts and technical processes. We possess in English a small group of words which show that our ancestors had begun to take this step before they left the continent. Chalk, in the sense of lime, has been taken as a proof that they had learnt the art of building with mortar from the Romans. And they also borrowed the word pit, which seems to have meant in early times a well or spring built round with masonry. Table and pillow speak for themselves. Mill is an important borrowing, and the words kitchen, kettle, dish point to a revolution in cooking arrangements. Cheese and perhaps butter may be regarded as words whose adoption signifies not the appearance of new objects, but of new and improved methods of producing them. Other words that show an advance in civilization are connected with agriculture, and especially with the cultivation of fruit trees. Apple is probably a very early borrowing, but its origin is unknown, although some have traced it to the town of Abela in Campania, famous in antiquity for its apples. Better established borrowings are pear, cherry and plum, the two latter being ultimately derived from Greek. Our words imp and plant are believed to be early adoptions, and to show that the art of grafting fruit trees was acquired at this time, for the original meaning of both these words was that of a shoot or slip used in grafting. The German language has preserved some Latin words, proving that the culture of the vine was established at an early date in the German provinces, and poppy and mint are prehistoric borrowings of the names of plants. Anchor seems to be the only sea term they took from Latin, for as we have seen, they had developed sea vocabulary of their own. Although before the third century of the Christian era, the Rhinelands had become a centre of Roman civilization, with Roman roads, fortresses, stone-built houses and marble temples. The above list of words will show that the German tribes borrowed from these rich storehouses of culture only such things as their barbarian minds could appreciate, not ideas, but homely instruments, useful plants and methods of production. But there are a few very interesting words which made their way into the language at this early date and which showed the beginning of the influence of ideas and the dawning of that great world of thought and feeling, the Christian religion, which was destined to absorb and transform the primitive culture of these Teutonic tribes. The most important of these terms is the word church, which is in itself an historical document of great interest. 
while most of the other languages of europe received from latin christianity the word ecclesia for church as we see in the french eglise the italian chiesa church the anglo-saxon chirice chirce is believed to be derived ultimately from the greek kuriakon meaning the lord's house a name not uncommon for sacred buildings in the provinces of eastern christianity this greek word was probably learnt by the german mercenaries in the eastern provinces serving as so many served in the roman armies or by the goths who invaded lands where greek was spoken from the fourth century onward christian churches with their sacred vessels and ornaments were well known objects of pillage to the german invaders of the empire and the pagan angles and saxons borrowed this greek name for the churches they sacked centuries before they entered them as believers angel and less certainly devil are words of christianity which were perhaps directly borrowed from the greek the names of supernatural spirits pass easily from tribe to tribe and these words perhaps reached our ancestors in this way it is not for more than a thousand years that we find again any direct borrowing from greek into english and then the words are taken from books by enlightened scholars of the renaissance not whispered from ear to ear by superstitious barbarians the christian church was divided at this time by the great arian heresy and these greek words came to our ancestors from the heterodox east but they were also affected by a second stream of influence from the orthodox church of the west which reached them through the christians of gaul and germany and from these before they came to england our ancestors are believed to have borrowed the word arms a l m s bishop monk and minster the name for a monastery or a monastic church and also the word pine from which our verb to pine descends and which being derived from the latin poigna was used in the early church to describe the pains of hell it was with these dim and vague notions in their heads that they embarked in their warlike boats to cross the sea to england end of section ten